Hello, everyone. Welcome to Choices Finding Your Joy. Today is going to be a fun, inspiring, and informational show. I am thrilled to share with everyone today Patrick Quillen. He is the author of the amazing book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient. And the information and inspiration in this book, oh my gosh, I, it was fantastic, Patrick. I, I'm Patrick, I'm someone that when my favorite little things I want to make notes about, I, you know, fold the corners and I go back and reread, make notes. I love it. Your book, I have folded corners all through it. <laughs> I, I hope half the book has got dog ears on it. It does, dog uh, ears. Oh, I love great. that. I love that. Well, Patrick, uh, first off, welcome. And I would love you to share some information about you and a bit about your background with everyone. Thank you for sharing your viewers, Paula. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Uh, my background as a nutritionist, uh, I've earned my bachelor's, master's, and doctorate degrees in nutrition. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian, certified nutrition specialist, a fellow of the American College of Nutrition, uh, I taught college nutrition for nine years. Uh, my 18 books have sold over 2 million copies. This is the, the 18th. Uh, I spent 10 years as vice president of nutrition for Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where I worked in a hospital setting shoulder to shoulder with oncologists and thousands of patients. And during that time, I was had the privilege of organizing three international scientific symposia on adjuvant nutrition and cancer treatment. So we brought in experts from around the world and offered CMEs. Uh, from that came a textbook that I co-edited. Uh, and from that came my book, Beating Cancer with Nutrition, which has sold a half million copies and is in five languages. So my understanding of nutrition and cancer is quite uh, broad and wide. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to share with, uh, with your viewers. I, I am just honored to have you on the show, Patrick. Well, let's begin with uh, really what, what messages do you want to get out to everyone? What, what are some of the most key points that, that you want to share about nutrition and cancer? I think we need to start a good news, bad news story here, Paula, and we'll get the bad news out of the way first, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time together on the good news. The bad news is we have lost the war on cancer. Some people to say has been a, an unqualified failure. Some people say it's been a disappointment. But in 1972, Richard Nixon launched the war on cancer, saying that we would have a cure for a major cancer by the bicentennial, or 1976. We're almost a half a century beyond that, and we don't have a cure for any major cancer. Uh, and right now, you think of the numbers. In the year 1900, 1% 1 of deaths in America were from cancer. This year, it will be 24% of deaths from cancer. 42% of Americans living today will develop cancer in their lifetime. Uh, 1.6 million Americans will be newly diagnosed with cancer this year. 600,000 Americans will die from cancer this year. Uh, we have spent, it's about $5 billion a year at the National Cancer Institute for the past almost 50 years, and we still don't have any major victory. So let's get the bad news out of the way, and let's start moving into the good news. The good news is that experts tell us 
somewhere between 90 to 95% of all cancer is lifestyle induced. And hence, you can use lifestyle to prevent it. And if you get it, you can use lifestyle as part of your medical treatment to improve your outcome. So there's unequivocal evidence now, beyond argument, that if we use these techniques in my book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient, you can improve outcome from whatever your doctor is recommending. I don't care if you're getting chemo, radiation, surgery, intravenous vitamin C, hyperthermia, intravenous uh, turmeric, whatever you're getting, add my book to the equation and you will improve outcome. And what we're talking about here is epigenetics. And these are fields that have only been uh, introduced in the last decade. So genetics says you look something like your ancestors. That's genetics. Genetics says I'm never going to play in the NBA or the NFL. That's genetics. Epigenetics says that you can modify your genes so that I don't have to die from the same diseases that my ancestors had. And so epi means above. And it says that the main six vectors are nutrition, exercise, attitude, toxins, energy alignment, and the microbiome. And so those are six of the 12 keys that we will talk about in our time together. And essentially, my whole message is one of empowerment, Paula. I want people to know that you have some control in your life. You're not a cork bobbing in the ocean. You're a ship sailing, and you have the ability to hoist the sail, use the rudder, uh, uh, sail into the storm if you have to, but you have control here. And the evidence is beyond argument that you can make a difference in preventing or helping to reverse your cancer. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. And that's exciting. It really is to know how much empowerment we have. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, for instance, um, let's just talk about, uh, in my book, there's 12 keys. Uh, the first key talks about the problem. People must accept the fact that we have a problem in our medical system. And so I'm not a skeptic, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Um, let me give you some numbers on our healthcare system in America. We spend $3.5 trillion a year on our medical industrial complex. It is roughly 18% of the gross domestic product. Uh, we spend more than twice the amount per person on healthcare than any other country on earth. And many of them are socialist and they spend unlimited amounts. Anybody who wants to come in at any time, it's free. We'll, we'll take care of you. We spend twice that amount. So we got a problem. When then we look at, well, shouldn't we be getting more benefits from that? Actually, 88% of Americans have some metabolic disease. That means cancer, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, Alzheimer's, kidney disease, fatty liver disease, et cetera, et cetera. So 88% of us are staggering around with some disease. Uh, physicians use <clears throat> the rough benchmark. <clears throat> Excuse me. The benchmark is uh, for every decade of life, you should be on one prescription drug. So at age 60, you should be on six prescription drugs. That's their benchmark. Two-thirds of Americans are overweight. <clears throat> and we could go on with the numbers about um, our system, what we have done. We have assumed that modern medicine and technology has transcended our needs for life. We are still a billion-year-old carbon. We still have the same nutritional and mental and spiritual needs of our ancestors. And we assume that we can live on cadaver food and stress 
and stare at a computer screen 10 hours a day and not suffer the consequences. And so my book, 12 Keys, is about getting back to some basics because here's the powerful soundbite. A healthy human body is self-regulating and self-repairing. And what that means is <clears throat> your body wants to be healthy. It wants to be well. You have 37 trillion cells in your body. You have 100 trillion cells in your gut. And it is an extraordinary balancing act that's going on here. The conductor, and I have a chapter in my book about the conductor, about all of these 37 trillion cells. In each cell, you have 100,000 chemical reactions per second. And your body wants to juggle this and make it work. Modern medicine attempts to micromanage this with drugs, and it doesn't work. You can give uh, symptomatic relief uh, for a headache, depression, angina. You can give symptomatic relief, but the problem marches on, and it's uh, unobstructed by those prescription drugs. $480 billion a year we spend on drugs. Um, I could go on with statistics, but let's talk about optimism. My six keys. I'm going to start with attitude, Paula, and I'm going to let you toss whatever question you would like at me. Yes. Oh, I'm attitude. That's I'm big on attitude. I will uh, start with you mentioned gratitude in your book. I, oh. You know, isn't it true if we have gratitude, you know, as you say, we can't be unhappy. Yes. Attitude, uh, everything and the power of our thoughts. It's phenomenal. In my book, I have a chapter, uh, Inspiration from Geniuses. Uh, one of these geniuses was Louise Hay. Uh, she was raised in a very um, uh, hostile environment, raped as a child, abused as an adult, developed uh, uh, cervical cancer. She was told she was terminal. She changed her attitude. She changed her life. She lived to be 90-something and inspired millions of people around the world with her book, You Can Heal Your Life. But she has a powerful soundbite in there. You cannot be grateful and unhappy at the same time. And I'd like our viewers to think about this. You cannot be grateful and unhappy at the same time. If you are grateful, you cannot be unhappy. And you start thinking, about, well, I got cancer. I got these bills to pay. You're alive. You're watching this. Something's working on you. Start giving thanks for what you've got and watch it expand. Um, another powerful soundbite. One of the other geniuses in my book uh, was Ruth Stout. Uh, Ruth lived to be 96. When she was 94 years old, a videographer filmed her and said, how is it that you're in such excellent mental and physical condition at age 94? And Ruth said, when I was five years old, my dog died. And I was watching my father bury the dog out in the yard. I was inside the house, looking out the window. It was a rainy day. It was just awful. I was crying in great despair. And my grandfather took me gently by the shoulders and led me to another side of the house, looking out the window where there was a rose bush in bloom. And he said, you were just looking out the wrong window. And he didn't think about this. You can focus on the nasty things that are happening every day. And there's plenty of them if you want to focus on it. And I'm not talking about escapism. I'm talking about where is your focus. So look at the news. If you could do something about it, do it. Make the world a better place. And then start focusing on the beauty in life, the kind and gentle things that people do, the wonders of nature, 
the largesse of the Creator, uh, looking out a different window. These are some of the insights I'm hoping readers will get from my book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient. Yes, I love that. I love that. Personally, I've always believed with challenges and you know things that upset us, look at them, look at them with compassion, decide what you can do to make a difference, Yes. and then move on and let yes. it go. Yes. I love that. Let's move on to another very powerful mental focus, forgiveness. So in my book, I've got 12 keys, and of the 12 keys, six of them are these major issues I talked about, nutrition, exercise, attitude, toxins, energy alignment, and the microbiome, or what's in your gut. Well, we're gonna to stick to attitude for another couple minutes. Attitude, forgiveness, it is the queen of all mental health principles. Uh, everybody has had someone slight you. Some people have had things done so horrific that you say, how can I possibly forgive this? When you hate someone, imagine drinking battery acid and expecting it to do damage to the person who hurt you. And what Louise Hay had to do in her life was to give it up, to let these people go, to forgive them. And it doesn't mean you endorsed what they did. It says that I'm giving you to the universe. And what I picture, and other experts have said, is picture the person stepping into the basket of a hot air balloon, and you just say to them, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? Yes. And they drift away in the hot air balloon. You don't have to do lunch with them. You don't have to say it was okay. Just say, I forgive you. Um, and what you're doing is untying them because you're dragging them with you. So there's many mental health techniques that can improve your outcome in cancer treatment. I might mention one of the other uh, classic books in this whole field of cancer. Uh, it was written by uh, Kelly Turner. Uh, and she talked about 60 patients who had stage four cancer who went into remission without any uh, conventional cancer treatment. Uh, Radical Recovery is the name of the book. And what she found is these people had nine key factors that they used to reverse their late stage cancer. Of those nine factors, two of them were nutritional. One was a plant-based diet. The second was using herbs. Those are the two nutritional things. The other seven factors were all spiritual. Get into a group. Forgive people. Get a sense of purpose. Uh, find joy in your life. I mean, I could tell so many stories here. My book is 346 pages in length. It took me 14 years to write it. It's a compilation of my 40-year career. Uh, but let me just give you uh, a couple of uh, anecdotes. Uh, <clears throat> here's a patient that I did not work with and did not have cancer, but teaches us a lot about the human body. Galen Clark went to Yosemite Valley to die in the year 1842. He had end-stage tuberculosis. He was coughing up blood and chunks of his lungs. And his doctor said, get your affairs in order. This is the number one cause of death in that era, and it was. So he thought, if I'm going to die, I might as well get happy. So he went to Yosemite, at that time the prettiest place he had ever been on earth. He got happy. He wrote himself a prescription for endorphins. Good idea. Number two, he carved his own tombstone. He accepted his mortality. And I think too many of us stagger around thinking we're going to live forever. Cancer patients uh, thinking that fear of death is the reason to live. No, we all get to accept death. Galen Clark carved his own tombstone. 
The next thing he did is every day when he got up, he had fun. He started uh, planting trees, creating trails, and spending time saving the Yosemite Valley. And he's considered the co-founder of Yosemite National Park. And then he ate food that was available in Yosemite in the 1850s. I'm talking about mountain trout, rabbit, squirrel, deer, uh, a little bit of berries, a uh, small amount of grains, water, a lot of fasting, a lot of intermittent fasting. And he didn't die two months later of end-stage tuberculosis. He died 54 years later at the age of 96. True story. Wow. What this tells us, Paula, and our viewers, the human body has an extraordinary capacity to heal itself if you do your part. And this is the conductor chapter that I have in my book where we talk about what can you do? What is your part? If you're living on stress and junk food, your body cannot operate at its optimal capacity to heal itself. So cancer is an indication that your body is not operating well, but you can change that. You have the ability. You're, you're in charge. Uh, you have the ability to resurrect your body's host defense mechanisms while working with your doctor. None of this is talking about divorcing your oncologist. It's just expanding and taking control of what you can do, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I know that our time is limited. I'll just charge through these other points and you can come back to any one of them that you would like. Okay. Nutrition. Uh, I have six chapters in the book on nutrition and it starts with what is real food? Real food as opposed to what you find in a convenience store or a quick trip or point of sale items. Uh, the food should rot or sprout or you should throw it out. And real food actually has a shelf life. Uh, we talk about shop the perimeter of the grocery store where you will find fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, uh, mushrooms, seaweed, and you'll find uh, therapeutic medicinal spices. Grandmother was practicing herbal medicine all day, every day in the kitchen. Turmeric, garlic, cinnamon, allspice, um, ginger, sage, I could go on. There's at least 50 herbs mentioned in my book. So that's a very quick overview of nutrition. A plant-based diet, you can have some animal food, but plant-based, minimally processed, minimally cooked. We move on. Exercise. Um, a professor from Stanford Medical School wrote a paper in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 1982 where he said, Dis-ease is from disuse of the body. And we march forward almost 40 years and say he was right. And we have an abundance of data to show that. I mentioned earlier that 42% of Americans will get cancer in their lifetime. You can cut that number in half just by getting 30 minutes of exercise three times a week. Just a little bit goes a long way. And ex researchers have found that Cancer patients who are going through chemo, radiation, and surgery can improve their quality of life and, and their response to medical therapies by having an activity program. And then the researchers have said, well, what's going on here? How does exercise have such a vital activity in the body? So they took animals. They implanted them with tumors, these rats. They put one in a group, a cage where they could not exercise, the other group in a cage where they had an exercise uh, wheel. And they watched the difference between these two. The animals that were on the exercise wheel had a 60% reduction 
in the size and the number of metastases in their body. Exercise, and what they found is it increased natural killer cell capacity. Exercise, if it was a drug, would be a blockbuster and it would be around the world in the news and it's free. I could move on. Microbiome, Hippocrates, 2,400 years ago, said that death begins in the gut. In 1908, uh, Eli uh, uh, Meshnikov won the Nobel Prize in Medicine for his work on immunology, and he said, death begins in the gut. And then in the 1990s, a consortium of about 20 universities conducted a study in which they looked at the Human Microbiome Project, and what they found was dazzling. Your body has about 37 trillion cells, but you have 100 trillion cells in your gut. And for better or for worse, these are voting share members, shareholders in your body. And what they do is they, they um, here's a prebiotic, probiotic, postbiotic. Stay with me. Prebiotic means fiber. When you eat plant food, you're eating uh, resi resistant starches. And this is the food that these little critters like to munch on. Those are prebiotics. Probiotics are friendly bacteria. When you eat yogurt, when you have uh, kimchi or sauerkraut, these are all fermented foods that have friendly bacteria. If you do things right, your gut is full of friendly bacteria. That's probiotics. Then those, those organisms generate as a byproduct of their metabolism what's called postbiotics. And they give off millions of chemicals, among them butyrate which is a powerful anti-cancer substance, and hydrogen, which is a bioregulator. And they also have this crosstalk between those cells and the intestinal lumen. So what you have is you are more these microorganisms than you are you. And for better or for worse, the gut will change your health. Um, in America, we use 60 million pounds of antibiotics. Half of that, or 30 million pounds, goes into uh, cattle, sheep, chicken, pigs, and it ends up in our meat and dairy because that's what we have to do to keep these animals alive in unsanitary conditions. And also, antibiotics fed at these sub-therapeutic levels makes the animal gain weight faster. So we feed 30 million pounds of antibiotics to animals. Then we take 30 million pounds as prescription drugs and the Center for Disease Control says at least 30% of these prescriptions for antibiotics are inappropriate. So when you take an antibiotic, anti means against, biotic means life. You put it in your gut, and now what you've done is you've killed off most of the bacteria, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And now you can have fungal colonization in the gut. And there's an abundance of evidence that says that antibiotics and dysbiosis are responsible for many of the autoimmune diseases. And now what we have, Paula, is 100 different autoimmune diseases that are experienced by 50 million Americans. And it includes rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, scleroderma, etc. So that's the microbiome. Get your gut right if you want to get well. We can move on. Uh, these other factors, energy alignment. I mean, any one of these is worthy of a, a semester in college, and I'm hoping our viewers will look into my book, Beating the 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient. The uh, Kindle version is interactive. You can click on links and go to the original article in the National Library of Medicine. Yeah. For instance, 
uh, study done by Harvard researchers. They looked at 75,000 women over the course of 24 years, and they crunched the data into their computers, and they found that they're trying to say, what is it that helps us to predict whether people are going to get sick or not? And they found that two servings of peaches a week lowered the risk for breast cancer by 40%. In my Kindle version, you can click on that link and go to the original article in the National Library of Medicine. So this is a book full of empowerment. It's excitement. It's full of uh, color uh, images so that you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, your turn. Your, your book is amazing. It's amazing, Patrick. I, I would love you to tell everyone how they can get a copy. Uh, my book, 12 Keys to a Healthier Cancer Patient, is available on Amazon. It's in your bookstores, Barnes & Noble. Uh, go to your health food stores and request it. So it's available through major distributors. Uh, just start with Amazon. Yes, yes. And Patrick, with about three minutes left, what last words do you want to leave with everyone? I am hoping that uh, our session together and my book empowers people so that you realize, A, you can lower your risk for cancer by at least 90%, and B, if you get cancer, you can use nutrition as part of a comprehensive program to improve your quality and quantity of life by 12-fold and your chances for a complete remission dramatically. So here's the soundbite. If you use a combination of what's in my book, which is modifying lifestyle to improve your body's host defenses, plus your doctor's best care at tumor debulking, and this is where it gets into chemo, radiation, surgery, immunotherapies, intravenous vitamin C, hyperthermia, which is cooking the cancer, um, intravenous uh, curcumin, uh, there's all sorts of therapies that are extremely useful, changing the pH. So a combination, the one-two punch that will help you get through cancer is the lifestyle medicine that I have in my book, 12 Keys, coupled with your doctor's best care. And I'm hoping that you people will stay in touch, uh, get in touch with me through gettinghealthier.com or patrickquillen.com and keep me posted on your progress. Oh, Patrick, thank you so much. You are just an inspiration to me and I know my listeners and this information, you're helping so many people. I just thank, thank you for spreading the good word, Paul. Let's get it out there. Let's make oh, it go viral. Yes, yes. Spread the good word and the information. I'm really grateful. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today in this fantastic show. Love, hugs, and blessings. Patrick, love, hugs, and blessings. Thank you so much. A blessing on you and to all of your viewers. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. Bye, everybody.